0: you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about. This episode of the Children's Book Podcast is sponsored by Picture Book Summit. Do you dream of creating picture books that'll change a child's life? I sure hope so. Learn how to find your voice at Picture Book Summit, a world class online conference for picture book authors and illustrators. Join them on Saturday, October 3rd, 2020, for keynotes from their award winning best selling lineup, including author illustrator Sophie Blackall, author Lisa Klein Ransom, and author illustrator Peter H. Reynolds don't delay. Deadline to register is September 30th. Go to picturebooksummit.com slash winner.
1: I'm so excited. Thank you so much
0: for doing this. <laughs> um, thank you so much for making this stunning picture book that I for real cannot stop talking about.
1: Oh, I'm so glad that you're enjoying it. It is amazing to me to just to hear from people who love it as much as I love it.
2: <laughs> it's Oh my gosh, same. Yeah. It's one of my biggest prides and joy. <laughs>
0: Isn't yes. it a delight? Yeah. You made We'll talk about this on recording, but you've made this book. It must be because of the poetry. And then the way that the art is just paced. But you've made this book that reveals itself more with every reading. It's just exceptional. It's unlike anything I've read before. It's so wonderful. Oh,
1: thank you. Yeah,
0: thank you so much. This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 625. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. We're on Patreon at patreon.com slash winner if you want to support the show. Today I'm joined by Samara Cole Doyon and Kehlani Juanita, and we are talking about what is maybe my favorite picture book of the entire year. Magnificent Homespun Brown is so many things, and whether you are reading it for the first time or the 21st there is something new to discover with each new read. This is due in large part to the terrific balance between rich, poetic text and lushly detailed, beautiful illustrations. Samara's and Keilani’s combined gifts resulted in a stunning and resonant story that is itself a gift to read. It is a celebration of all shades of brown, and the faces and families whose deep secret brown, whose feathery brown, whose amber brown, whose radiant brown, whose magnificent homespun brown is part of what makes them so magnificent. And because the two did not connect to my voice previously, this conversation is a first connection and a shared appreciation between Samara and Keilani that I was privileged to be a part of. What a joy. And we center around readers so much it brings me the greatest smile. Please welcome my guests, Samara Koldoyan and Keilani Juanita, author. An illustrator of Magnificent Homespun Brown.
1: My name is Samara Coldoyan. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And I'm a children's book author, a poet, an educator, and you know, a mom. <laughs> Hi, my name is Kalani Juanita, and my pronouns are
2: she, her. I'm a children's book illustrator and uh, working on being a children's children's book writer. And currently, I'm f- just doing freelance and also uh, working on my math- master's degree program at UC Davis.
0: Well, congratulations on all of the things going on in both of your lives. And, and maybe perhaps most apropos to this conversation, congratulations on on having a beautiful, beautiful book together. Magnificent Homespun Brown is an exceptional picture book, and I'm so glad to be talking to you both about it tonight.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. And
0: Kehlani, congratulations you. on having a Stonewall award-winning book. By the way, you have a sticker on a book. Yeah. That's so cool.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, it feels Really surreal and some, it feels unreal until I touch the um, what is it called? Emboss the embossment oh, on the yeah. sticker. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is this is happening, it's reality. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, when Aiden became a brother was so beautiful, and and one that uh, one this is an interesting thing. It was a picture book that my students found beautiful as well, and they would tell you that in. In those words, exactly. My third and fourth graders walked away, just saying, "That's such a beautiful story. Is it true?" Um, for them to to see, for you both, for you and Kyle to come together and make a book where where a child can walk away b- believing that that it, that it was bearing the voice of truth in it is a really powerful thing. And then I, I'm saying that as 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 a means also of leading into this picture book you both have together. Because your, your beautiful poem, Samara, and the way that it, it sees children, and um, and and time together with with those you love and the, those that love you, um, and then and then how this art works on it and through it, it's just it's a beautiful yeah. dance, right? It's so beautiful.
1: It is, yeah. It's incredible. Um, and just the layers of meaning that Kalani's work adds to the story and co-creates the story is, yeah, it's magical. It's a magical thing.
0: Samara, when you wrote this book, this I should back up because maybe you didn't know that it was mm-hmm. a book at first. When you wrote the text that became Magnificent, Homespun Brown, can I ask mm-hmm. where... What incited writing those words? Was it a plan for a picture book? Or uh, I know, as said, you you are a poet. Um, maybe mm-hmm. this is one that was inspired by children. I'd love to hear more from you about that.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, so I live in Portland, Maine. I've grown up in Maine and been in spaces where I've stood out as a person with brown skin and in Portland, things are becoming a lot more diverse right now, and in other little pockets of Maine and Lewiston, Auburn, but it wasn't like that growing up for me, and as I became a mother and was watching my own daughter come to grips with herself and the world around her, it just became really important for me that she see her brown skin, her brown eyes, Um, as something powerful and beautiful a connection with you know our family our community and so it was going over and over in my head this idea of belonging in nature and in community and I wanted to write a book about it but I didn't know how it would really come out and then one night um, the children were in bed and I think my husband, whose name is actually also Matthew, he <laughs> um, he came to sit down with me on the couch because that was that's when we like, okay, have a few minutes of adult time before we can pass out. And I was just like, uh, I can't talk right now. I just have to write. And he was like, okay. And this poem just started coming out and it was the moment that it was all of these thoughts and feelings and words that had been floating around were finally kind of taking shape. And I knew that it was a poem, but I also think I knew, okay, this is the book that I've been wanting to write. It's finally coming together.
0: That is so beautiful to hear that that the muse in that way just, just visited you that all of the pre-writing that we do by living life and observing mm-hmm. children and all of those, all of those things that you don't yeah. realize are what kind of bakes a story in you that it just came out. in that one quiet moment of the kids yeah. are in bed. We, yeah. I love that you used the words <laughs> we had a few minutes before we passed yeah. out. <laughs> I know that feeling. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, um, I don't know what sorts of changes happened in the text from that time of writing to the book being published, but I can tell you that, the the words on this book on the page that i read feel effortless they feel lived and they feel effortless and that that is a gift to readers Uh to read that aloud as well you you really do give us that gift of speaking poetry to our children through your text here it's wonderful
1: well thank you that's um that's really wonderful to hear i i love that it feels visceral and real and natural I love
0: that I love and this is Kalani. you came up with a brilliant way to uh, transition your art from family to family through this device but Samara the way that you you have stanzas that then as as they're presented to us on the page turn um each stanza starts with uh a, a, the way that brown is described radiant brown amber brown and we go from that that phrase to really a place first in the stanza you ground us in a place and in an experience but then on the page oh. turn we get this close up of a child and yes. and it's radiant brown like my skin or um, uh-huh. this color, like my hair or my power, my eyes. Uh-huh. And Kalani, you've done this beautiful thing of the stanzas and the art are sort of echoes of one another. That the stanza starts and then when we have that one line, we meet a child who becomes the center of the family in the next stanza. And it couples that way. I found that to be so beautiful to 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 just weave interconnectedness of of all of the individuals portrayed in this story.
2: Yeah, I feel like Samara's writing um, is just so fantastic because it gave me like I think of manuscripts, I guess, kind of similarly to like an outline of like a map. And I feel like it was easier to understand the world that all the characters live in, specifically um, each child and their family, because the outline that Samara gave was just so good. Um, it really... Just so good. I don't know. I, I'm. Um, it, it was interesting because it felt... Now knowing, I guess, the story behind how uh the book was written it's like how the poetry was written in general I feel I feel like that came through already without knowing it but it just made it so much sweeter I guess to know that afterwards um because it really I wanted to treat the drawings I guess in a similar like tender way of okay these are the things that I would have liked to see when I was a child um that I would have loved my mother to give me uh that I feel like a lot of especially like I'm speaking from my own experience, but like as a biracial black person, um, I feel like it's very, very important to have uh, that representation and imagery and words like that spoken to you out loud, like repetitively over and over again. So it really sinks in. And I feel Mm -hmm. like that poem was just it's something that I read like regularly to myself, just daily as an adult. So I wanted it to be Aww. something that was easy also to look at. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was, um, I don't know, it was just a really big joy getting to illustrate something that just felt so beautiful and warm and brown and loving um, and getting to gaze at that with like the accompanied words. So I'm just, I'm excited that I got to do that. Thank you so much, Samara. Cause that really,
1: your manuscript and your book really meant the world to me. And I'm glad that we get to call it our book together. I'm so honored. I'm so honored that we can call it ours. And actually what Matthew was talking about, um, the way that the, the illustrations lead into the next stanza, which leads into the next illustration, is just one of the most magical things that you've done. And it's one of my favorite parts of reading the book out loud. With a group of students, I let them know, okay, so pay attention to... Um, these little sneak peeks, because you're gonna see the next. You're gonna see the next girl, and it's so magical and fun to watch it unfold like that. Um, and it's it's just it really is incredible just seeing seeing the poem come to life through those illustrations.
0: It's unlike anything I've ever seen in a picture book, and quite frankly, I think it's I think it's genius. I think the text is divinely inspired. Um, there's no way that this text just comes on a whim. It comes from, it feels like it comes from generations of lived experience. It comes from a place of love and power. You've got, Samara, can I read some of the text to you? I would love to hear you read please, as well. Please. Please. There's a line in particular, there's so many lines, but just to, <laughs> to, to read this let me read the entire book no um, <laughs> because I as well just read this I mean Kehlani no joke I read this as a as a there's been so much in this time of quarantine that I've found little moments of just centering I need to center okay. myself center like let's just sit and have a quiet space to hear language and feel the ground beneath our feet, and you've got lines like this, or stanzas like this. Cozy brown, like hot cocoa, a comfortable cup of liquid dreams, sliding lazily over contented lips, filling mouths with quiet happiness as our family gathers to watch the swirling rage of a winter storm, tucked snugly inside the folds of our giant sofa. Cozy brown, like my peace. There are so many words and phrases to just chew on in your poem that are just so delightful, Samara. I can't, I can't even, I, I will not today be able to find the words to express what a gift you have in language but I think we see it uh, you know the the testimony is also that Kehlani reads it every morning it's there's oh a, yeah there's a comfort that's, that's, in it yeah <laughs> I, I'm hugely I,
1: I'm blown away by that um and just very moved um just that Kehlani Juanita likes my writing <laughs> and, and and enjoys and enjoys this book um, because it, is, it was such a gift to be able to write it.
0: Hey there book nerds! You know what's even better than hearing bookmakers share stories of how their ideas became the stories you love? Having those stories in your home your classroom, your library, or your life to be enjoyed over and over. Bookshop.org allows you to purchase your favorite books from the show and support local bookstores while doing it. I even maintain lists of all the books shared each season, so it's easy to find what you're looking for. Visit matthewcwinner.com and click on Shop, or use the link in the show notes to find your next favorite story.
1: I felt like when I was writing it um, that it was that it was something divine that it was something beyond me um, and I felt very um, just privileged to be able to experience the writing and the telling and And then, yeah, and then to see it come to life and to see all of these um, beautiful illustrations and the diversity within the black community, black and brown communities represented in such a powerful way. And I can't tell you how many times um, children tell me, you know, my favorite thing about um, this book is, and then they'll, they'll share, you know, an illustration because the illustrations are so powerful and they see. They see the the brother in a wheelchair and okay. they see, um, the you mom. know, girls, little oh. girls with hijabs. Yeah. I was yeah, going to say, exactly. the, the mom yeah.
0: with the tattoos and the hearing aid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I am cool. a sucker for, like, artists that show people with tattoos in children's books. Because I'm yeah. like, come on, there's <laughs> yeah. so many people. that So many. Kehlani, it almost feels... I'm going to say this the wrong way, but but bear with me as I try to find the words, that it it feels as if you were making the art in this book with the same care as if this might be the last book you ever make. And so it has to count most of all.
2: Oh, my gosh. I have that feeling so frequently. (laughs) Yes, I, especially since... um, I it's I really don't get that many manuscripts uh written like specifically like centering like black people and black voices and especially from like a black woman. So this was something that came across like my well not my literal desk but my email. It came across my email and I I was treating it I guess definitely with that attitude of well since the story is so important, what if I never get another story like this again? I have to make sure I work really, really, really hard on it, um, even though I want to obviously get more stories like that in the future. But um, I always want to treat the character designing in the world like it's the last one I'm ever going to do, because I don't want to just save a bunch of ideas or characters for like future projects. I want to just put them out and hopefully come up with more ideas as they go in the future. And specifically with this book, because it was, like, Samara left so much room for showing so many different types of families, I felt like it would be a a missed opportunity or a waste of an opportunity to not include, um, like, non-nuclear families, uh, people with um, non-neurotypical people, like disabled folks, different-bodied folks, like people with tattoos, um, and also, like, visibly like people who look visibly queer as well like Mm -hmm. specifically with like the parent on the beach i was like okay i definitely want to make sure that at least at least one of these parents is going to be um within the book at least one black lesbian or at least one visibly it's good to hear
0: you say that i didn't i mean never do we want to assume (laughs) but that that to me resonated when i saw her and then i realized that when i was walking away from it I guess it was also from the, the the details that you laid down, but I walked away just feeling like I saw a mirror there. And then when I revisited it, I realized, well, there wasn't anything necessarily to signal to me that um, this is a queer woman, but just that, I, I guess it was just the care that you brought to it.
2: Oh my gosh. Yeah. I feel like it has everything to do with nuance whenever it comes to like writers leaving room for that for the illustrators, because that was, like, what me and Kyle talked about for the, like, the last podcast interview type of thing I did. And I think that's why it's so important to uplift and center um, voices from different backgrounds, especially underrepresented backgrounds, whether it be, like, uh, queer people, Black people, Black and brown people, or a mixture of the both, because, you know, intersectionality is a, a really big thing. And I feel like whenever... I look at picture books, even from whether like from my childhood to even my adulthood now, whenever I see picture books, I always look at all the characters in the background and all the little details and things because I feel like they're kind of like a snapshot of the world around you. And I always had felt like I didn't see enough people around me reflected in picture books. So as an adult, like I especially want to make sure that that's one of my main things I put out there now.
0: That's There's so much that you show reflected in here. I feel like one thing in particular, when we go back to that page with um, the four women um, uh, with, with two of them wearing headscarves, I feel like there are moments of, of overwhelming joy in this book that are really, really hard not to strike the same pose (laughs) when you're looking. There's just an (laughs) an emoting there that, I don't know if it's the the, there's some empathic connection or something that just feels like this is such a happy moment that we're getting to feel. And of course, you've got Samara's words that, that read as my shrieks of joy and triumph shoot to the top of the clear, pale sky. So... I mean, you, you had some, you had some good, good words to work with there.
2: Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel especially like, um, because the words just felt so were they just were magical, but also grounded in like a really familiar reality of like feeling very empowered and feeling like pleasure when looking at myself and other black people, And and other brown people, too, and other, like, different body peoples, but specifically, like, with celebrating, like, brownness and blackness, I feel like because of Samara's words, it was just, it was really easy to build, like, realistic families around that. So, oh my gosh, I want to thank you so much all the time.
1: <laughs> I, read of, I read a lot of manuscripts and this one really made me feel so many things. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad. And I, yeah, I, the, it's the same when I was sharing this book, when I was sharing our book with my students this year, with my kindergarten students, mm-hmm. um, it just meant the world to me that these children... You know there there are, you know, black and brown students in my school, Muslima girls wearing hijabs, and that they are in this book. And I felt like it was a book for them and for, you know, all the students. And it was just so powerful to be able to share that with them and those illustrations and all of the all of the things that they can relate to, the feelings and the connections that are that are in those illustrations it was just really amazing
0: that language saying that this color of your skin however you want to name it it felt like that how your amber brown hair your radiant um cozy these different adjectives that just felt like inviting readers to talk about yourself from a place of love and beauty and give those words to others to be able to to affirm that in you as well. I uh, it right away as well made me think made me think of my children made me think of my students and 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 how just, uh, just what a gift it is. What a gift it is to have a book like this. that. So we talk about your book a lot on the other podcast that I do, on Kidlit These Days, on Book Riot, with, with my buddy Nicole Young, my co-host. And every time we bring this book back up, it's for so many different reasons, but it often comes up under the same notion that it feels effortless the way you both were so inclusive and really saw individual children through the details through the experiences that to make to make a book feel like it is so incredibly universal but also so deeply specific and lived is just not something that happens all the time in children's books and it is, or in books, period. And um, and it is one that I hope that, that words come back to you both in how children and how readers are connecting with this book and teachers and folks that say, I wish I had this when I was a kid and folks that say, I'm so glad that we have it now um th- there's just so much that I don't want to try to dig and over explain because I know that part of it just is the magic of Samara sitting down after the kids are in bed and the words just come or Kilani just making a character the way that it feels like the character wants to be seen uh but but I just want to affirm that there's so much there. I mean, my word, Kalindi. There's so much there that Samara and I could practically do an eye spy and see if did you notice this thing, but did you notice that right. thing? Um, Absolutely. <laughs> and, and and is that not what we do, Samara, all the time, with our students, with our children, where a kid comes into right. our class and says, "Mr. Winner, did you can you notice can you notice about me?" And I'm like, yes, what, what can I notice about absolutely. you? No, can you? And they just smile at you. can, <laughs> yeah. can you see? The, the, yeah. the characters in this book are, are are looking out, saying, "Can you see me?" And it's yeah. beautiful.
1: It's amazing. It is breathtaking, and it is again just such an honor to have to have that. I'm I'm blown away. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Did the text change much from? when you had written it to submitting it to your agent or the publisher or just where, however, whatever steps it took to, to get to this finished book, did it change much?
1: Um, not terribly, to be honest, what changed, I, I actually had a hard time with like the very end, how exactly to end it, which also affected The name, (laughs) Um, (laughs) so I was for a while. I was like, "What is this? What is the name of this?" I don't know know what the name of this is. Um, And when that finally came together, I think it was after I I took it to a workshop that is run annually. Not this year, obviously, but there's a local organization, the Forest Bias Fund. And they had put on this women of color, femmes of color writing retreat. And I took it there. It was the first one that they did and workshopped it. And it was really, I think, after that, that the pieces sort of fell into place for this is magnificent homespun brown. And um, yeah, and the. It, it's amazing because usually there's a lot of editing, a lot of editing. I feel like the biggest part of writing for me is editing. Like you have the big moment and you write it all down and then you kind of put it aside for a bit, come back to it with fresh eyes and edit, edit, edit. And I'm not going to say that I didn't switch words around. um, But honestly, um, I'm surprised by how much of it stayed the same and um yeah I don't know It was just the really the biggest thing I think was seeing how it would be put on the pages and yeah. you know watching how the illustration would co-create that story
0: yeah the way it was laid out was just it was brilliant I have to imagine maybe you have too Samara Kalani, I have to imagine that you just have like notebooks somewhere, just notebooks and notebooks <laughs> and notebooks, of you drawing hair, and oh. all of it, you draw hair like no other draws hair. Amazing. Uh, amazing, amazing hair, amazing hair that I'm like, you are not phoning in a single haircut. You must like to draw hair, or maybe you just like to get it right. I don't know, but, but I I I do know that there are children, that, that that detail might mean everything for them and perhaps that's why you did it
2: oh my gosh yes definitely that is that was one of the more like one of the things I knew for a fact I was going to be very excited to draw um like going off of also a comment about the title um that was like the first thing that caught my eye whenever I was going through the email that included the manuscript because I had been I don't know recently I've been just like on my free time doing a lot of like looking into a lot of like um like black femmes who are on the internet like spinning their own yarn or foraging Mm -hmm. and doing all this like earth and nature related stuff so I felt like this like symbol like from the universe like oh my gosh now you have this amazing um manuscript written by this amazing person to that kind of deals with that. I, I feel like those same feelings of Mm -hmm. nature tenderness and nurturing and like things being cyclical and um, like seasons and cycles of stuff. Yeah. And I feel like because you have such a way with the words and you're really good at writing like really luscious and like deep descriptions about stuff like color and texture and everything. Um, it made so much room for different hair.
1: Because
2: <laughs> <Like, laughs> I was, I don't know, like, even there, I'd have, I've never gotten to, aside from in your book, I've never gotten to draw, like, a super close-up, detailed, like, spread that has, that the main focus was hair. And I'm all about drawing hair because I feel like it's so fun to draw all the textures because black hair is just really versatile. Mm. So... I don't know. It was one of those things where it's like, OK, now because I have the space for it, I can draw so many different types of hair. And then on top of that, because you you were making call outs for specific types of hair, um, especially with like the sandy blonde one, I was like, OK, cool. Now I have space to like draw black hair that is also sandy and blonde. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah.
2: Which I've never I've always I feel like I've I've shied away from that sometimes just in my own work, because sometimes I don't want it to, I I want it to be very visibly coded as, okay, well, this is like a black person with blonde hair. And I feel like because you gave that space, it was like, I can finally do this.
1: (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad that you, the hair. Yes. Amazing. Just so beautiful and so abundant and so powerful.
0: Oh yeah. amazing. to, to be doing the the art through the method that you do, to have these watercolors that feel, like they feel really watery. They feel like puddles. They feel like the color just wants to live on that page and wants to mix. But then to go with that, on top of that, with that fine tip pen to show braids and to show beads and to show laces of shoes and toes curling and just there's there's so much there's so much in the waves and the patterns and and everything that that you're able to accomplish through your tools Kalani. that I mean even down to like you've done I think of I flipped the page with amber brown like my hair and we don't even get to see the child's face we're looking from behind and we're looking also at like pieces of hair that didn't make it into the, the ponytail. And I thought that there's just, there's, there's intention in everything that you're doing and that, that matters.
2: Oh my gosh. Yes. Cause I think also, I feel like there's a lot of like little nuances when it comes to stuff like that, that means a lot that you guys both noticed it. Um, But I think it's especially important to include small details like flyaways and stray hairs Mm. uh, within a book that features black people. Because I I feel, um, as I love black hair and I could draw it all day long. uh, But I also acknowledge that whenever it comes to showing certain types of hair or hair in certain ways, there's been like a lot of lack of representation when it uh, revolving around um, what's considered uh, an appropriate light to show black people in. So I feel mm. like whenever I draw black hair, I want people to embrace like when it's undefined or when it's not always yeah. like super back. And I love drawing baby hairs and edges and everything and I swoop mine a lot whenever I leave the house. But at the same time, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also feel like it's very important to show undefined edges and really like kinky edges and curly coily yeah. edges. Like all that stuff is important for me, so I'm happy that you noticed that I drew some of the hairs like not being in the ponytail, and some of them I'm just flying free.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I love mean, that. yeah, I, I think that that there are there are there's no short of a shortage of details that we couldn't continue to pour over, uh, and instead, though, I'm going to leave that to the readers because your readers, I'm sure, are even going to see things that. That neither of you even noticed that you did. With all the care and intention you put in, there's gonna be something that is a little bit of them that you left room for that they're going to see and, and shine back to you. So I want to end us on our readers. Before I do that, I just want to say thank you one more time for setting time aside, for this conversation, for for making this book be a thing. It's beautiful and I'm I'm I know that the two people that made it are really beautiful as well thank you for living your lives to be able to make this book thank
1: you thank you so much um Keilani, thank you for your illustrations matthew thank you for making this conversation happen again thank you
2: Yeah, thank you so much, Samar, for writing this book. It gave me
1: confidence.
2: And also thank you too, Matthew, because your enthusiasm also made me confident to speak during this interview. So I'd like to thank both of you guys for holding this space for me to participate in.
0: I know that the other person that is in this space that that I want to now give you the opportunity to address directly are your readers, a reader or many readers. So we'll end this way. Samara, I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message that I can bring to them from you?
1: Yeah, I would say that the things about yourself that make you stand out, that make you different and unique, those are the most magnificent parts of yourself. And I hope that you remember to celebrate those things and hold space to honor them always.
0: Thank you. And Kehlani, I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message that I can bring to them from you?
2: Keep journaling and keep sketching. Uh, Continue to draw and write whenever you can because there are so many important stories out there to tell and yours is definitely one of them.
0: The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by me, Matthew Winner, in my library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 600 episodes at MatthewCWinner.com. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the Free Music Archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and don't reflect the ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Become a patron and you can directly impact and help to sustain the podcast. Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that is a very good thing indeed.